This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Who of you like surprises? Um, surprises is something um, that we didn't see coming. Um, surprises are very nice if it's a gift. Yeah? It's not so nice if it's your car's turbo that breaks. That's not a nice surprise. And then you get the follow-up surprise when they give you the bill for what it will cost to repair it. When, um, when I was in the army, we, we didn't like surprises being caught off guard, whether that was a surprise attack, a minefield or an ambush, um, we, we didn't like surprises. So we trained and we planned to respond to these surprises. We had a plan for every surprise so that we would not be caught off guard when it happens. It's kind of in this context that God speaks to us in 1 John 3. It says, do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Jesus warns us so that we would not be caught off guard when the world hates us. I want us just to close our eyes for a moment. And I want you to think, what would be the possible reasons for the world hating us? Just where you are, just keep your eyes closed. Just think about why would the world hate us? Just before the crucifixion, Jesus prayed for his disciples. I wish we had church for longer than 55 minutes and I could read the entire prayer. It's a very powerful prayer that Jesus prays. And I'm going to read portions for us. He starts off in John 17 verse 1. He said, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may always so glorify you. You have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do and now, O Father, Glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Powerfully what we see is that one of the purposes of Jesus coming to the earth was to glorify God. He says it so powerfully. He says, I have glorified you on the earth. Jesus did not come to glorify himself. Jesus was not self-centered. His purpose was to glorify the Father. And so the purpose of the creation of man was not to glorify himself, but to glorify God. And if we look at the history of man, we see how sin entered the universe through pride. First in Satan, where, where he wanted the glory for himself. He wanted to be worshipped like God. And, 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 and we see that, that 
contrast between self and God. It's one of the reasons why the world hates us. Because we live to please and to glorify God and not self. Another purpose of Christ was to give eternal life. And Jesus gives such a powerful definition to eternal life. He says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you, the only true God. This word know is a very powerful word. It, it means to know, to perceive, to understand, to feel, to have intimacy. This is what it is to have eternal life. So how do we know God? One of the powerful ways we know God is through creation. God revealed His glory and His splendor through creation. We see through creation that God is eternal, all-powerful, far beyond our imagination and capacity to create to such extent, to such detail and sustain it. What an amazing God reality of this eternal power must be. But we don't really know who He is, only that He is. And that then through the Word that God manifests, declares, reveals Himself so that we may know who He is. The Bible records the revelations God made about Himself. From creation to Abram to Moses through the prophets. We see and we read how God revealed Himself to humanity that we may know Him. As Moses prayed, Lord, teach me your ways that I may know you. And so God did. And then ultimately, most definitively, God revealed himself to us through his son, the incarnation, the word that became flesh and dwelled amongst us. John says the express image and nature of God, Paul, that God himself full of grace and truth, Emmanuel, God with us. The powerful manifestation, revelation of who God is, is through the incarnation, the word becoming flesh. And here's the point that I want to make. God is the one who reveals and defines himself. God is the one who defines himself, not man. God is the one who defines what holiness is, not man. God defines what holiness is. God defines what is right and what is wrong, not man. God is the one who defines good and evil and not man, and he does this through his word. Jesus continues to pray. He says, I have revealed you, I have revealed you to those whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me comes from you. I have given them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. He continues to pray, I am coming to you but now I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy within them. I have given them the wo your word and the world has hated them 
for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. The way Christ primarily revealed the Father was through giving us His word. He says so powerfully, I have given them your word and the world has hated them. Right from the fall of man, where sin entered humanity, the contention was around the truth of the word of God. Did God really say, if you eat of this, you will die? Did he really mean? Let me give you an alternative. And you can decide for yourself what is good and evil. And you can be like God. Jesus prays, prays so powerfully, he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Right from the very first words of God, the very first words in the Bible, revealing who he is, and what his order and purpose for life is, Satan is hell-bound to destroy the knowledge and the image of God everywhere, from the physical creation to the faith in his ways and order in a desperate attempt to stop God's purpose. Right from the very first words of the Bible and the revelation of who God is and his order, Satan attacks. Do you know what is the very first revelation of who God is? The very first revelation in the word of God? Do you know where that stands? Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the world hates us for it. They held bound to destroy the very claim that we were created by God. No, we came out of existence from nothing. And then God continued to reveal His image and His purpose through creating us. We read in Genesis 1 verse 27, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created them male and female and then he blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and the world hates us for saying this is the order of god male and female and if we dare to say what god defines as what is right and what is wrong what is holy and what is not to say that homosexuality is a sin the world hates us for it Do not be surprised if the world hates you. Do not be surprised, therefore, if the world is at odds with those who accept the word of God because the world does not live for the glory of God and His purposes. The world lives for itself, its own lust, its own pleasure. That is why Jesus said, do not be surprised. The word of God says it so about do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Do not be caught off guard if the world hates you. Now it's in this context that I want to 
share something that I normally do not do. I don't like to get involved with politics. But there is a, a bill, the Bermuda Bill, and there is an amendment, a, a bill that, that wants to amend the current bill. And the Bermuda Bill currently is there to safeguard and prevent discrimination. But now there is a proposed amendment to this bill that will change it completely, far-reaching. And the reality of this bill, if it gets accepted, will mean that if you would say anything that would offend or discriminate, you can go to prison. You can get fined or go to prison. And your intention does not even need to be to discriminate. This is what makes this bill so dangerous. If I say homosexuality is a sin, whether my intention or not is to discriminate, I can potentially go to prison. It's no longer whether my intention was hate speech or not. It's whether the perception of the receiver is discrimination. So the intention is no longer a requirement. To be found guilty. Just the reception of the message. As a matter of fact, the government will sponsor the legal fees of the case against whosoever caused the discrimination or offense. And you will have to pay the legal fee to defend yourself. Not only that, but, but, but if you have an employee in your company that would say anything that might offend or discriminate. It's not only your employee that will be taken to court and held responsible, but you and your company. So if, if you have a restaurant and your, and your waiter or you, have a, or, or you have a courier company and your driver gets angry and says something, it's not just your driver going to court, it will be you. That's if those amendments, the realities of these things, that they will force the church to say what they want the church to say, or else the churches will be closed. Whether our intent was to discriminate or not. The only good thing that I can possibly think of this is that if you were to go to prison because you said homosexuality is a sin, if you were to be taken to court because of that statement that you make on Facebook, if you're a member of our church, the only good thing that will come out of it, you will not be the only guy in court. I will be there with you. <laughs> and because you are so many, I'm going to be in court often. <laughs> But that's the only positive thing I can think of. But we shouldn't be caught off guard. We shouldn't be surprised. And, and therefore, um, we, we're going to send you a link on our, on our WhatsApp group. Um, and we want to ask you to consider to, to respond. We, we have a window of opportunity to respond to this amendment. It gets um, decided at the end of this month whether this bill will be accepted or not into the constitution. And so we have, an, we have a window of opportunity where we can resist, where we can, we, we can give our reasons why we would not want this bill to be amended from its current form. 
So I want to ask you, please, um, let us not be surprised, surprised, but pray and make every effort to live in peace so that we can share the gospel and lead people to God without persecution for it. Without our churches having to close. And we have to do what we do underground. But that we can do it publicly, openly, and boldly in the love of God, full of grace and truth. So I want to ask you to please consider to follow that link. Uh, we've, we're going to send you that one because it is the, it's, there are many different ones through which you can oppose the amendment but this is the easiest one there is so it's very quick you can very easily fill it in in two three minutes and send it off um, there are also two video clips that explains a little bit more if you're not good in if you don't like reading like myself um, because the bill is quite long but there are some video clips that explains exactly what it is and what the implications of there the first one that you'll find on that link is done by a uh, from a non-Christian perspective and the other one from a Christian perspective and they both speak of exactly the same threat. So uh, please have a look of it, fill it in and um, let us not be caught off guard. You know, Jesus also warns us in the parable of the sower that some will receive the word of God with joy but the moment there is persecution because of the word. They wither and die. And, and so it is a reality that we will face persecution for what we believe and what we say. But let us ask God to grant us peace for a little longer as we draw men to Him in this beautiful country that we live in. But more than that, more than all these things, Jesus prays. He prays to the Father in verse 13. He says, I am coming to you and I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. Such a powerful concept. You know, God's word and his truth leads to joy. It leads to the full measure of joy and that's why we accept and we obey what God says because we know where it leads us to it leads us to God in John 14 verse 21 we read so powerfully Jesus says those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me and because they love me my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to them. You see, true, true joy, true joy is found in the love and the revelation of God. And that's why we accept and we obey His commandments because it leads us, it leads us to a relationship with God, a love relationship with Him that He loves us as we love Him and He manifests, He reveals Himself to us and that leads to fullness of joy and that's why we accept and obey his commandments because we know how much he loves us and we respond to that love and in that acceptance obedience and love God says I will manifest myself to you and that becomes the most precious thing that we have 
That is why we accept and obey his word, because it leads us to him. His ways, his precepts, and his commands leads us to who he is. And then deeper to know, to feel, to experience him in us. And as we continue, ultimately it leads us to where he is waiting for us for eternity. And so that's why, that's why we accept, obey, and follow his ways, his words, as we grow in his relationship, as he manifests more of himself to us, and ultimately we are with him. Amen. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the privilege we have to come together without fear. To come together, Lord, and to humble ourselves before you and, and, and bow our knee before your ways. And Lord, when we come and we humble ourselves to know who you are, to allow you to speak to us and to show us and to teach us your ways that, that leads to life. The privilege we have to know how you define yourself and not the state or man, but, but how you define yourself. That we may know what holiness is. That we may know what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil. What is the way that leads to eternal life. And Lord, so I pray, Lord, that we will treasure this more than anything else. Lord, I pray that you will give us the wisdom to live it out so that others may be drawn to you. They too may have joy, fullness of joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. We'll be sending you that link. If you receive it, you'll know what it's about. If you are not on our WhatsApp group, it's a broadcast group, so don't worry, you're not going to get pictures and verses every five minutes. Only important messages. Um, if you're not on it, if you have never received something from it, you're more than welcome to give up your details at the info desk and we will add you to that broadcast group. But we're going to send that link. Otherwise, you can just Google it. Um, there are many options to do that. I'm going to hand over for my wife and uh, she's just going to share something else. This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. You